0: And welcome to True House Stories. I am Lenny Fontana coming out of NYC, out of the True House Stories, Clark Power Record Studios for a special Sunday afternoon evening show with a close friend of mine. I know you probably pay every week. He's got more friends than you can count. you damn right I do. And these people we hung tight with. I hung very tight with this man for many years in many places around the world. We traveled and worked together, DJed, we laughed together, we cried together, made fun of each other. <laughs> of it all, we at all. Like, we were like, yo, man, you know, we kind of like break on each other because that's what family does. Yes. That's we- mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you something about this man. I'm very proud of him. He broke away from basic Boys productions, created his own situation called quantized records and has made an empire out of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he,
0: is an, he is a force to be reckoned with. He's a powerhouse. He does phenomenal music. Uh, <laughs> got a on the the man's jumping around like a juju bee, like, yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. And going and going and going and going and going and going. And it's like until he stops and he like decompresses, it's nonstop. He's got energy for days. Love him to death. I like you all. Put your warm hands together and welcome to True House Stories, DJs. <laughs> What's up? Lenny Fontana. Oh, right. ben, welcome, to <laughs> welcome to the show of Excellent. Thank you. I'm broadcasting, like I said, each and every week. We bring some amazing people. And he's yeah. right now in his studio in Baltimore, Maryland. he And he's put up <laughs> nice for us. So, Damn. Ben, we start yeah. every way, every time, the same way. We all want to know how does music find a young DJ span?
1: How does music find a young DJ I'm spin?
0: Because
1: well, and and I'm i I think that this is a question that you asked sort of like in retrospect, like if I'm a young cat, right? How does music find this young dude named DJ Spin, and um, this young guy named DJ Spin found music, man. <laughs> at about probably three years old, something like that, something really, really young. Um, I I have pictures, and I wanted to use it for this album cover, but the one that I that I really wanted, I can't find, Th- where there's, apparently there's some music playing in the background, and I am literally on my kitchen floor, taking tops to pots, turning the pots, turning the tops over, and spinning the tops, like I'm just sitting there, and they're like three and four tops, and I'm just spinning them, and they're all around me, and they're just turning as music is playing in the other room. And, uh, you know, they, they always taught me that as a kid, it was like, yeah, this, this cat is, is weird, man. You know, my brothers were like, yo, what is going on with this dude? Um, but I've always been, there's always been turntables. It's kind of always happened. And then, you know, when I turned probably 10 years old or something like that, When the disco era was like in full bloom, man, I I was I was on my way to to the record shop Um, as my parents were in the market. I I ran to the record shop and bought Evelyn Champagne King's Shame, which was the first record I think I ever personally bought. But my brothers had everything around. You know, my brother was uh, one of them. Was always at Odell's here. And, uh, Odell's was, a, I uh, I guess the Baltimore version of studio 54 or more like probably from what I hear that the, uh, paradise garage was something more like, um, and, you know, I would hear records like, you know, macho, uh, uh, you know, uh, not, not macho. What was I need a man? Grace Jones and, uh, Martin circus. And like these records that I never heard on the radio, my brother would just bring them home and I would just study them. So, uh. That's how music really found me, man. I'm about ten or eleven, and then you know, at thirteen, when hip hop came around, that was all she wrote. You know, oh, that, you was hip-hop, <laughs> right? that was it. Hip hop, right? Yeah, man, that that was it. So when I heard rappers delight over top of one of my favorite records, basically it was over top of Good Times. I was, it was a rap.
0: Couldn't even I couldn't throw. Listen, to disco again. You're like, ah, I'm done, right?
1: Well, not really, because most of, the, most of the early hip-hop records were based on disco. So, you know, whether you were listening to West Street Mob or, uh, or, or Sequence Funk You Up, you know, I mean, all of these records were based on kind of like what was going on in the disco era, just, you know, with, with a new with a new voice of a new generation coming around. And then, you know, then the Run DMC stuff happened, and that changed it completely. Oh, Cool J Ebony just went somewhere else. But, yeah, that, that's how music found young DJ Spin sort of in a nutshell.
0: So does DJ Spin have musical training? <laughs> ah. Uh, no,
1: not, not, no. Mm-mm. My, like, I said, my, my mom was in a, uh, my mom and her sisters had a gospel group that they toured around with. Um, in the, you know, forties, fifties, sixties, uh, in Brookdale, Virginia, man, they would go from church to church and sing. And, uh, my aunt Louise had, who has a voice on her, like, it's ridiculous, you know, would lead them in doing whatever they were doing. But, you know, so I, I kind of grew up, you know, with the whole church thing happening. My other brother was Jimi Hendrix. He played guitar. Um, so he was, he was, he was always on a funk train somewhere. And, uh, and you know, my other brother was into the r and disco and all of that. So it was just a plethora of stuff happening, um, as I was coming along. So I guess the only training I really had was just being submerged in it, uh, one way or another. It just was always around. So formal training, no experience training. Yes. <laughs> Yes, yes.
0: Well, this is just as good. I mean, you had your brother playing electric guitar wanting to be the next Hendrix. Yeah. We all understand where the gospel influence comes from, the heavy gospel influence in your music. And now hearing that your mother sang. So that is as a young child to be etched. Your DNA is gospel down.
1: Yeah, it is. It is. It, It was just kind of a natural progression. You know, when we started doing this whole four, four house thing. But we're not even and, you know
0: yeah Boy, house just living Cisco into <laughs> so Curtis he Blow. Because for me, Curtis Blow was all about these, are the breaks. Get yeah, up Yeah, that's right. And you would hear like right. a beat behind it, and he made it. Yeah, cool, right.
1: Yeah, that that was the thing, you know. From from uh, and and I really kind of you know I've, I've heard stories about like Grandmaster Flash and you know like all of the you know the, the b boy guys and stuff. And one thing that that was very similar to me is being you know being a Catholic school kid in Baltimore. How? Catholic school? Boy, yes, sir. All, 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 all
0: of catholic <laughs> C-A-T-L-I-C-K. Catholic school. Yeah, but he, you got you gotta understand. to understand. I hit with a book over my head. <laughs> talk, she used to say to me, you're a motor mouth. Bam!
1: Yeah. Well, you see what your motor mouth got you. Well, got you I, I want to tell good that.
0: Spot. I want to drag <laughs> Say yeah, You want to tell me. her? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody tell everybody it, tell in my, in my report card, he's a motor mouth. Wow. <laughs> oh, cause I like to be so, I'm very socialistic. But anyway, so you went to Dude. Catholic school. So what was that? Yeah. like?
1: <sighs> very interesting. Um, in a lot of ways, because even though I went to Catholic school, I was raised, everybody around me was Baptist. exactly (laughs) it was it was wild man you
0: know explain to everybody what that means that everyone with the world music and everything the worldly music and being baptist all around you trying to
1: yeah nah man it was like um my I, i
0: you know i i have
1: to i have to give my parents credit i really do because they again, they, they were from a little my, my father was from a town called Red House, known for some red barn that's in the dang on town. That's about it. And my mom was from the town called Brookdale. So these two towns are so small that going to church was what they did for recreation. Almost kind of, you know, I mean, it was a thing. You were in church, Mon- you know, I mean, Sunday all day. Then it was, you know, Wednesday, then Friday, then, you know, rehearsals and everything, Saturday, and then church on Sunday, all day. So it was um, it was sort of a way of life. But when my dad broke out, came up here to Baltimore in the 50s to go to work at Bethlehem Steel, you know, I, it's a totally different thing. So now, we you know, my my brothers who are both kind of 13 years older than I am you know, my second brother's 13 years I'm I, I, I was kind of like you know, well, am I supposed to be here or am I not? I, I don't know. I don't know whether I was in the plan. But, um, you know, I mean, my parents, man, allowed them a certain type of musical freedom in the house, you know? So I heard Motown, you know? I, I heard Stax. I heard, you know, what was going on with, you know, Aretha and everybody, you know, in, in, the, in the Atlantic stall. You know, they, they were real heavy into the funk, and, and all of it, so um, yeah, man. But but the church, yeah, the Baptist church, hardcore. It's like um, yeah, you can't. Well, you couldn't. This has changed, thank God, uh, in a lot of ways. But back then, man, they were just hardcore. If if uh, you know, if it, if it didn't come from church, it wasn't church. It just ain't church. You know, it's 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 secular. It's of the devil. Um, so you know even though we had to be really careful uh, about what we were doing. And, you know, my parents, my father was hardcore, boy. Let me tell you, if Sean did something, anything, (laughs) James Spencer was coming with it. Bow, it's over with. And that I'm telling you now, man, that, that was nothing to play with. So always with respect. But we were able to do some things um, and and play music and really really play music at home and and, and you know with me like I said my, my brothers were were older but it seemed like every mistake that they made with them they weren't letting me make any of those mistakes so it was Catholic school state uh, Catholic school and you going to church <laughs> you know if you're not playing a sport then you going to church and that was it church that was it church what church 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 Whitestone Baptist Church was the church I went to here in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it was... Wait, yeah, you
0: went to Catholic school, but he went to Baptist Church? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I remember some of the kids in my class it's the same problem. And the way they taught in the Catholic school comparing to how the Baptist way of doing things is a little different.
1: Ain't no little. This world's different. It's completely different. The rituals right. are different. They're hugely different. Yeah. But yeah, well, <laughs> it, it's interesting because I, I, I'm really very careful. I, I don't really call myself a Christian. I'm a Christ follower, but that's a whole nother thing because of what they have done with the word Christian. You know, Baptist is Christian. Catholic is Christian. Protestant is Christian. And, and th- so it's, it's a lot of moving parts there. And a lot of things that I don't believe, so I'm more so a Christ follower than I am a, a Christian. I'm really kind of careful with that, but that's a whole nother thing. Anyway,
0: religion, but we understand, <laughs> though we get, we understand. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I
1: came up confused, like a lot of people are just confused. It's it's a, it it a, you know, and I think they try to confuse. A, a lot of this confusion is almost like it's on purpose. Um, to kind of keep you from what the truth really is. Um, so that, uh, being what it is, it's, uh, it, it was tough trying to, trying to navigate both worlds. Um, it was tough. It was, it was, it was just a tough thing. But, uh, lo and behold, here comes in about 1982. Uh, you know, like I said, <laughs> 1982. My mom's my mom is um, really you know she she's working as an occupational therapist. My dad was a steel steel mill worker, and um, I'm listening to the radio station that James Brown used to own here, which is called W E B B, little AM radio station. And they were playing man like this 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 group called the AP Crew, right? Now they said at the time they were from New York, they weren't. They actually were from Columbia, Maryland furthest thing from New York. I think they may have had a couple of guys who had family in New York, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, man, I'm hearing these guys mix. I'm like, what in the world is mixing? Hoo-hoo. What is that? So I go and I have my little one turntable, Pioneer PL4. You talking about the technique? I had a Pioneer PL4 <laughs> belt drive
0: turntable and one boom box. That's right. And- Talk about... <laughs> <laughs> What's that PL4? Like, did it even have pitch adjust on that PL4? It did.
1: It did. But, you know, the, the, the little one on the, at, in the front that you kind of, you know, the little All pitch right. wheel. Um, so anyway, yeah, the, the, the way you knew if your record was on time is if you could get the, the lights to be solid. <laughs> you know, if the light is solid, you're good. If it's slow, it's slow. If it's fast, it's fast. Whatever. Um, so anyway, I heard them do something that I'd been playing with a long time. So I'd been, like, taking good times on this pause button deck and making good times the break longer than it was. And I just, you know, I really got kind of decent at it. So I heard them doing what they were doing. I went and I bought a little teeny Gemini mixer. And I had that boom box, that mixer, and that turntable. And I just started going to work, right? Came up with this little eight-minute master mix of orbits, And the beat goes on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and did some little things to ask to it, you right? how the pausing and edits were from that time you would listen to it now you probably
1: like <laughs> <laughs> oh I do because like man look so online there are quite a few guys man that used to, to, that used to record the stuff we used to do on a radio station here and I would listen to that stuff and be like oh gee that's terrible that's terrible and they just love it it's like, okay, cool. I mean, for back then, I guess it was whatever it was, but you know, it's like little Latin Rascals kind of style stuff, but it's not as clean as the Latin Rascals. Yeah, right. you know, Latin we, Rascals we would use t- a tape. no tape editing. You
0: know, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it with a cassette machine. So when you're hitting the pause, you get in the space, uh, you know, you bring it back a little bit. It's like, they're a little bit like, uh-huh. 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 The edits were mm-hmm. not on beat. So you, but that was what made it magical.
1: I guess so because people love them. And, um, yeah, so I did my first one, man. And I remember I, I begged my mom, right? I think I had been <laughs> What'd you punished. I think I'd been punished. I must've gotten like a D on something. So they, they, they punished me. And one day, you know, I just got to doing what I was doing and I said, mom, look, you got to take me to this radio station. I want to take this tape to this guy because they're playing these things on the radio. And I think I got something that's close. And she said, "Okay." She finally broke down. Said, "All right." She said, "All right." And yeah, she said, "Okay." So she, uh, we right. got in the car, <laughs> man. My
0: friends, black moms. <laughs> <laughs> we see them for weeks. They were on lockdown.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know, they, like I said, my parents were always working, so a lot of times, you know, <laughs> I mean, even at a young age, I was home by myself and my brothers weren't there and stuff, you know. But, you know, my brothers... One of my brothers was more like a father to me because my parents was, were so much older than I was. Um, so, you know, I mean, he always, you know, looking out for me, you know, teaching me how to balance checkbooks and stuff, you know, really when I was young, that kind of thing. So he, he was... Yeah, my, yeah my, my brother's serious. So he was the one who was working in the electronic stores and was able to get me the electronic stuff. I mean, one of these amps I still have from when he was... Working in Luskins. <laughs> this is what it was called, Luskins. So anyway, he, um, no, no, no. My mom takes me to the uh, the radio station. I take the tape to the guy, right? The, I mean, you know, the classic kind of thing. You know, we sat there for about 15, 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever. My mom's like, if he don't come on, we going to roll. I said, all right, is whatever. At least you bought me. So then he comes out, man, you know, with his with his suit. In his bow tie, you know, walking, you know. Three pieces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then he comes out. And he's like, watch yeah, on
0: the man, side. So, like this. Give, give you five uh, minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he looks at me like, yeah, young blood. What you got? So you got something here? Yeah? yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, All right, man. You know, I, so I'll check it out, man. You know, I, I, I'll be in touch,
1: man. You know, and, and you know, I, I think my mom was like really impressed with the fact because you know he even came out and even talked you know spoke to us so that was cool and um you know i gave him the tape and that was it now W E B B was only on it was one of those am radio stations that when it when when the when the mornings came up well when the sun comes up ebb comes on when the sun goes down no matter what time of year it is ebb is off so if the sun went down at four, EVB's off. If the what? sun went down at I don't know. I still don't know what the idea was. But this this was the type of a station. And I, I found out that there were several radio stations back then that, that operated like that. You know, I mean, it comes when the sun's up, it's on when the sun's I, I don't know. Anyway.
0: So tomorrow well, morning when the sun's up, tune in. <laughs> <laughs> Sabbath, everyone remember 6 to 4 30 you don't catch us then, we're off the air
1: right we're off the air yep you would turn it on man at like midnight and there would be nothing and then it would just come on you know they would play you the know, pledge of allegiance two. or something wrong
0: after two o'clock in the morning at home they used to bring the flag up and the yeah air, and then it would go uh. exactly and it exactly. would be like, now what? We do, the late, late, late show's over. It's it's nothing yeah, back. man. Then
1: then, then there'd be nothing. You'd be seeing test bars, <laughs> test bars, and so um, so I'm rushing home because I mean it's it's, it's winter time, and I remember being kind of close to my birthday. Um, so you know, being winter time, the sun goes down earlier, so EBB will go off earlier. So man, I was uh, I would rush home, and uh. And this is after basketball practice or something crazy. So rush home, get in the house, turn on EBB. And I kid you not, I turned it on and my mix was playing as I turned it on. I said, what is happening? So now, of course, now, of course, I'm calling the request line, you know, with the old phone, you know, dialing and dialing. Can't get through. Can't get through. An hour later, can't get through. <laughs> you know, The station's is about to go off. And he answers. And I say, dude, you played my mix on air. He was like,
0: oh, it's Youngblood from yesterday.
1: Oh, man. You know, that mix up? that was pretty good. It's pretty good. You know, you got some more in you. And I'm like, I got nothing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I got more. He's like, all right, well, what's the name of your crew? I said, crew? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I looked at, at the time, right, and, and at the time, right, I had moved from the Little Gemini to a Newmark mixer, still small Newmark mixer. I looked over at the mixer. He's asking me the question. And the words, the Newmarks came out of my mouth. He's like, all right, man, so the Newmarks, man, we're going to expect
0: some more from you, et cetera. We hearing some more on what you got. That was it. <laughs> so, hey, so how many times? So, wait, wait, wait. So now you became, your crew, your tag name was the Newmarks.
1: Yeah, that was it. N U M A R X. We took the K off. I, w- I was I was scared of being sued by the mixing company.
0: You actually really thought that too? You were actually thinking about being sued?
1: Man, heck yeah! I was like, yo, I'm hoping them cats don't come after me. I'm just a kid.
0: Thinking about family. Yo, we're radio mix. Yo, why?
1: Yeah, but but I mean, but but now I mean, a I told the dude, uh kind of fabricated thing i don't have a crew that's first (laughs) two you you got some more music now i ain't got nothing else so i'm so now i gotta scramble i gotta make more figure it out so man and 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 man in the early days the the new marks went through a couple of different versions first it was me and my two cousins then my two cousins fell off and then it was me and two guys from from my middle school uh, then then we added one other guy um, who was the cousin of one of Kool So it was me, Kool Roy, Junie Jam, Beatmaster Moses. And then we added Kevin Lyle. <laughs> Kevin Liles was the last piece. And that was how the new box was basically
0: formed. So were you getting DJ gigs now, like to play parties, because off of this AM radio station airing thing? <laughs> At that point, you know, because like, you know, now yeah. you're, you're like the new for break for yeah. a group. It's like you Dude. Don't get the new marks to come and DJ. The first gig that I had that the, the, the radio
1: station thing happened in, I think, September 82. The first gig that I had um, was as the new marks. It was me and beat master Moses. And we were opening for this cat named Davey DMX. Who had a record called "One for the Treble" out of New York? Wow! And um, yeah, that was my first, my first gig, December nineteen eighty-two. Keep
0: on <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> D train era eighty-two, baby. That's D-train. eighty-two. So, yeah, wait, that D train so, down. So. Where did you perform on a stage or was that a gymnasium thing? What was it? No, it
1: was, it, it was at the Baltimore Civic Center at the time. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. It. So it was, it, it was a pretty, it was a pretty hefty gig. It was wild. I mean, it, and, and it, it's weird because it, it was so, uh, it was so intimidating to a point, especially my, my partner. Now, remember I told you, I pulled together this thing. Right, you just all of a sudden you just made yeah, just 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 rolled it together, right? I mean, my my partner at the time Moses, he couldn't even really mix, and literally he froze in front because we worked out this routine and everything, and he froze, and I was like, oh man, I got to keep doing something. So we just it was it was it was insane, like
0: Beach Street, (laughs) the movie where you know the guy you come in and the crowd's going like this, and you're like, you know, when these guys scratching, yeah.
1: yeah, that's
0: yeah of hundreds or you do you have not inferior 12 we had four pl4
1: pioneer turntables we insisted on having the same gear all of us and that's what we went and we did that oh, game
0: turntable scratching
1: yeah. yeah man yeah and of course davy dmx came on and he did what he did um which, you know, I was just, like, fascinated. Like, okay, he's got that and that and that. So, now I'm, now I'm really learning what's going on. I was like, I said, we opened for the guy. So, you know, we came on. Apparently, we did okay because they kept calling us back and we kept working.
0: But do you remember in those days when you first saw the 1200 and how awesome it looked? You must have been like, whoa, when you saw that.
1: Dude, game. I, 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 I saw like Davey this. DMX doing some things. Because, like, look, I didn't even know... Like, you know, like, you know, the, the DJs would have like the felt pads, or you know, they 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 would take, you know, like the the cover, the inside plastic covers and put right. holes in them and and you know, you go scratching and you know that whole thing. That's um, man, I was I was still using the rubber felt to do what I was doing, to do what we were doing. We were using the rubber. F- I'm telling you, man, it, it was like it was, it was I was working, but school was in session. I looked at Davey DMX and was like, okay. This is what we need to do.
0: Right, we need to step up You were saying mm-hmm. we need to step this up right away.
1: Yeah, yeah. But understand, Lenny, I was 13. My, you know, talking to my parents about getting some some 1200s. I didn't have 1200s till three years later. We were working those PL4s, man, for about three years straight. Before I was able to
0: move on, Benihel's pioneer right now. We (laughs) should be enjoying this. Just on the PL four, here it is, everybody. He's got a pioneer belt-driven turntables. That's (laughs) not—he's playing like the Red Bride wannabe (laughs) turntable. Pioneer belt that means the platter's doing this when he's touching. So it's going like this because any weight to that thing on a Mm belt-driven goes clang to the little move had like yeah like you know right like that's right
1: and uh, but but that wasn't the thing it was the straight arms the straight the, (laughs) the, the, the straight arms not not the s arm the straight ahead arms so man we were doing some really interesting things with that setup um and and which is very interesting because then like i said school was in session B- believe it or not, we were doing whatever we were doing and and, and, and you know, the kids around here were doing, were, were, you know, really into what we were doing. You know, we were doing a bunch of the high school parties and, you know, I mean, we were like freshmen and we were doing like all the senior parties and stuff. It was crazy. Um,
0: but then... And then I bet you and- you're becoming the heroes, everybody, too, because in those days, your peers would love you guys even more because you became like neighborhood celebrities. Yeah. It was not, it, not it, a it, it was, level, but just uh, if, it, you're no, right. Boy, that could play on the turntable. He's fresh, yeah. he's dude. Fresh. You're right, fresh.
1: Because <laughs> yo, he's don't get fresh. it twisted. I was yo, I was a nerd from the herd. Don't get it twisted. My I told you, my parents didn't let me do anything. Being able to DJ a was my way of getting out of the house. You know, I mean, I I actually if I was out DJ until two or three in the morning. They wouldn't make me necessarily go to church some of those times. But boy, if I had to go, they would be like, oh, came home at three. Still got to go. <laughs> still got to go. But sometimes they would have mercy on a brother, depending on what time it was. But the facts really were, um, you know, hey, man, it's Sunday. we going to rock and roll. Get up. Let's
0: Wait, go. Get, get up. Get up. clap yep. your hands.
1: Let's go. Get up. Mm-hmm. your
0: hands. Get up. Right.
1: Come on. Come on. Man. Yeah. So So it was. uh, That's how
0: it was. I know you wrote records and stuff. High school ends. You go on. You go into Mm -hmm. college level
1: stuff. Well,
0: no, still in high school, man. Look,
1: look, 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 look. In high school, I, I, I would think when I was a junior at this point was when Jazzy Jeff came to town and the French Prince.
0: Woo! That's a big thing, man. (sighs) Big thing, man. Man, he came down here.
1: Yeah. He came down here to AFRAM and taught a brother some lessons. I was like, what? Because now I had heard him man. because, you know, we had family up up on Long Island. And every now and again, my my parents would, you know, we would take the drive from here and go up there. And I would just be fascinated with what I would hear on New York radio, blah, blah, blah. Man, one Sunday, we came back from New York. Sunday afternoon, I'll never forget. And. I turn on the AM, you know, I'm surfing. All of a sudden, I hear this cat, the Fresh Prince, is talking on the radio with this cat, Jazzy Jeff, doing some unspeakable things, the records in the back of them. I'm like, what is he doing? And I was like, okay, well, they have to be live because, you know, like I said, we were putting things together with this pause button situation we had going on, right? But he was doing some things that sound like some pause mixing going on, but he was doing them live. I'm like, he talking on this stuff. It's completely different. So when they were, when they came to town, buddy, I was glued to the front. Like, what are you doing? And I'm watching Jazzy Jeff transform, backspin. I was just like, okay. It's uh, school time. For real. Yeah, you. And get, next yeah. thing you know, yeah. So I, I I practiced those moves, man, for months,
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> for months and months and months. Like I was in, like literally, like I was in school. Wake up in the morning, work from six to seven, finish at seven o'clock, get ready to go to school, come home, and back at it, doing this stuff that Jazzy Jeff
0: was hey, doing. Yeah, everybody. How many hours were t- <coughs> <laughs> to put into this? Like hours were endless. You know? Hours. He wanted, he wanted to become great. No matter what it took, he would practice and practice.
1: And yeah, so so. needless to say, I, I probably became the first guy that was doing anything similar with, to what Jeff and Cash Money and all those guys were doing. Um, and at this point, you know, we, like I said, we, we we ended up being a five-man crew. When Kevin Louse came around, we started, you know, we started to add the MC element to what we were doing. So between him and Cool Rod, They were our front men, and we would have, man. I claim the fame, Lenny. I kid you not, was eight turntables. We had eight turntables rolling, two MCs, and all of a sudden, the New Marks was a real bona fide crew that would go around and do skating parties, man. We opened up for for, uh, um, LL, um, uh, Fat Boys, please been- man, like, <laughs> you name it. If they came through here, we opened up for them. Heavy D and the boys. If they came through Baltimore between probably, like, 84 and 85, we, we rolled with them. E- ETMD, whole nine. That was crazy. It was nuts.
0: Wow. See, I didn't know that. I had no idea about that.
1: Yeah. How long did yeah, that go nuts.
0: for? How long is that go on for?
1: About two years. And um, like I said, and, and in between and, and while all of that was going on, now we starting to go into the studio. I kid you not, man, we did we, we did a record called The Rhythm Machine. And I think I still have it around here on a cassette somewhere. And The Rhythm Machine, we sampled Bob James' Take Me to the Mardi Gras. And we just thought that that thing was going to be the next best thing since sliced bread because, I mean, we killed it. We refined it. And then here comes run DMC with Peter Piper. <laughs> 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 we, we just said, oh man, okay. That idea. Yeah, that that idea is gone. No matter how good it was, it, it you know, it's run DMC. Now everybody's just gonna think you're biting and that's done. But in the midst of all of this, man, we came up, we, we worked with this guy, man, out of Annapolis, um, guy named Bill Petaway. And he had this track. That was the layout. Was the groundwork for this song called "Girl You Know It's True" that we did, and uh, we loved what he did so much. He was getting ready to throw it away. He didn't want to use it, um, but we convinced him to use it. We went to the studio, man, in DC. We recorded it. Who was it? Put that thing out.
0: Who was the singers in the "Girl You Know It's True"? Who's the singers? All right. So one. Yeah, tell us the story in the Baltimore side before it goes international. <laughs> sing it in the back end.
1: All right, so what 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 initially happened was, you know, like I said, we 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 went to the studio, we laid it out, it was all laid out. Kevin and Rodney did their raps, and Kevin was kind of like, okay, look, dude, we need to sing, We need to sing this part. So he started coming up with the hook. We started joining in. We made this hook, girl, you know, it's true. I love this for you. And that was kind of like what we established for the hook. We went to the studio and we tried to sing it, buddy. We could not do it. We weren't singers. <laughs> we were, we, we were MCs and stuff. And we had this one guy, and I can't remember his name. So we had this one singer, man. He came in and he he was like the glue to the whole entire thing. So now it's me, Kevin Lyles, and this guy, and we singing the girl, you know it's true part. And now we got it sounding decent. In comes a cat named Kaya Demo, who is the writer, and and actually I think the I think he was one of the the lead members that put together Starpoint, Object of My Desire, right? So he was really good friends with the guy that produced the record. They come in and and they're like, okay, cool. Here, here's what this record the the, the this, this record needs a hook, a real hook. So we were like, okay, man, we young. We're like, okay, well, it is a hook. We got a sing along part. He's just saying the part. He was like, nah, we're going to go and we're going to do blah, blah, blah. So, you know, like like producers normally do, y'all are artists. Go away. Let us come up before we come up with. Kai came up with the part. We came in. He heard this girl. You know it's true. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I love you. We we're like, okay, cool. We went in. We sang that part. Pulled it all together. Now you got, girl, you know it's true. We put it out. It becomes this regional hit. What I mean, like Virginia. Picked up record who picked up the record
0: over on this side.
1: A, a label in DC called Studio Records. That's who we recorded for. And um, you know, yeah, I mean I dude,
0: remember, he has it Check this out. <laughs> stay, stay now stay with this because this is gonna get where True House <laughs> Stories really finds out the serious I know. Like, yeah. They would yeah, be- you,
1: yeah you got you got, you got the dirt now you're
0: gonna find out what what <laughs> happens behind the music behind the music here we go
1: right okay so we do the record we put the record out the record becomes this regional hit on studio records um, so we have people in Baltimore people in DC people in Virginia um, it probably went down as far as Virginia Beach and probably up as far as Philadelphia and You know, it it, it did great. But. We thought as a group that it should have been doing better. The label that we were with was a small label. He had limited resources and, um, you know, he didn't know what he was doing. I mean, I think everything from the management to the record label, everybody that we were with just had no idea what they were doing or how big this actually could get. And neither did we. Next thing you know, the record label calls us and he says, hey man, I got this crew in Germany that's calling me that wants to pick up the record, but it's like really for no money. They want to get, they want to take the record for like eight grand and I'm just, I don't think that we should take it. Dude, I'm young at the time. I'm like, eh, you are out of your mind. You need to go and take that because now we can, you talking about us going to Germany and going somewhere and getting on the German label? You better do that. That was all we heard about it. We didn't hear nothing else, right? So Lenny, we still going around with doing what we do on the local marks
0: level. Newmarks
1: are still fresh. Newmarks are New Marks are still fresh. fresh. Deaf. <laughs> <Death. Death. laughs> <Death. Right. laughs> do what we do. Right? Yep. Ha! Must have been getting to be summer of 86. I get a call. That's right. Now I live now. I lived in Baltimore City. Um, and the rest, everybody else lived in Baltimore County. Baltimore County had cable. Baltimore City didn't have cable yet.
0: That's right. Okay. But it was still waiting for the cable come to town.
1: Right. <laughs> so I'm the only one that's out as far as cable is concerned. Those
0: phones were still in fashion. <laughs> Touchtone was an amenity for an additional expense in your house, if I remember correctly.
1: Oh, this is why I guess people like you, because you are out of your mind. You have
0: to, that. You have to yeah. remember that. Yeah. This is difficult times, guys. My father, yeah. said to me, give me the goddamn phone right now. I need to make a phone call. <laughs> it's like, oh, we got the phone. With it. it was like, it was fierce that you had a phone now that you could quickly go with a redo button. That was yeah.
1: No, it was it, man. That was it, was it. Was next level. Things were, man. It was next level. Being able to call a radio station every day and just hit redial and, yeah, and, right, and redial. go, rather than having to go. That's right. So, so the guy so, sells the anyway. record to Germany,
0: and you guys he, do your... well. Well,
1: he well he he claims he never sold it to never Germany, or oh, he never licensed it. He, he claims he didn't do it. Right. Okay. He told, that's what he told you. That's what he told us. He said it wasn't enough money. That's exactly what he said, and then that was that. All right. So <clears throat> I get a phone call in '86. Yo, man, the, uh, we we hearing your record on the on the radio. Uh, somebody somebody stole your record. I mean, it's your record, but it's not you. I said, say what? And 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 of course, because I didn't see it, I didn't believe it. I'm like, ah, this is whatever it is, right? But I kept getting the calls. They just, they just kept coming. And I kept deny, deny, deny. Right. right? Until one day, I turn on, like I said, man, all, we had ABC, NBC, CBS. So one of those stations had some video show, man. I turn on the radio and I see these two dudes with long hairs jumping around, singing, girl, you know, it's true. And I'm like, oh, Boy, this is interesting. Because see, you had to look at it from from my
0: give us your our point of view. Yeah. Give us some, from your vision.
1: Right. Our point of view was that our record company couldn't take us to that level to even do a video. Right. Mm-hmm. Here these guys are coming doing our song with a video and a killer video with dancers and hold up and it's not and they're not using our version we would have never done that song that way right so now not only not only is that happening for me now you got to understand that the the type of the type of thing that i was feeling was they stole your record you punked out they still i mean we heard all kind of stuff we heard all kinds of
0: stuff. Oh, I bet. I you mean, some stuff. I can't.
1: I, I can't even. Yeah. yeah, it was like
0: it was like y'all let y'all let those dudes Yo, hear y'all music. You all let like it was up to you to let that happen.
1: Yeah, How exactly. Did
0: you let that happen. Yep. How that's did you
1: exactly let what that happened.
0: Hang on a second. It's having a little more drink. I want to. I want to share. Give everybody a quick second. I want to re re again. People are gagging right now. But while we're at it, <laughs> coming week we got Freddie Turner. Come on, y'all. You're up in there. You're seeing the numbers. And Marsha Stern and Robbie Leslie on the 24th. Mr. (laughs) Mr. Freddie Turner on the 17th. Freddie Turner, make sure you tune in. And one other thing. Hold on. I need all of you to help us, like PBS, subscribe to our newsletter. Oh, I'm I'm blown away by the story. You better sell it, boy. (laughs) subscribe to our newsletter please share it share yes. and subscribe and stay with us all the time truehouse <laughs> is here for you each and every week with some special sundays we give it to you you got that water down you got you're all good you got that coffee? yeah i'm good yeah going back to the military story which is this is incredible to hear it from his mouth because I've heard yeah. it over a couple of drinks, but to hear it like this is perfect. Yeah. So yeah. all your homies are calling you saying, How could you, how could you let this happen? What's wrong mm-hmm. with you? And you're going, mm-hmm. you're going, damn it. Damn it. <laughs> 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 then yeah. you try to explain it. And they're like, yeah, right.
1: No, so no, nah, nah, to these dudes mm-hmm. around here wasn't no explaining. They saw what they saw and they knew what they knew so it was so it it was man it was it was like at that point it was like disappointment after disappointment after disappointment after i mean just so many different things and i i, I and i yeah so it, it was man shoot i can get into a bunch but um we were we were devastated in a lot of ways and the bad thing is that you know we we never really had an outlet to really kind of talk about it we just kind of was like okay well it is what it is. We just kept doing what we were doing, you know? I mean, we kept trying to prove ourselves, you know, going doing gigs and and, and functions and weddings and, you know, I mean, we just we just kept doing what we are doing.
0: Brother, man, did they actually steal the... Re- what what no. did people part of it? Can you give us a leak? You understand the music industry. So now yeah. you speak on the music industry side. What exactly went down? What was the... Um, what, what they
1: they they heard the record. Okay, right? They loved the record. I mean, the record, the record. From what I understand, the record had been um, signed to Cool Tempo. Okay, and we didn't know. Okay, so so not only that, we had a previous single called "Rhyme So Deaf," which was also signed to a label. It was signed to a label in London, or picked up by a label in London and a label in Germany. So we never knew that. We didn't even know that that happened.
0: So there was a third-party licensing deal that happened. That uh-huh. you just signed. You just signed the Baltimore contract, and you didn't know anything further.
1: Nope.
0: So all of this is going on unbeknownst to us. Okay, gotcha. Then, then you guys, then, are young bucks, they figure you're young bucks and, and green around the ears. You ain't gonna find out nothing. That's what they're thinking.
1: Go right. ahead. And and uh, man, so we we saw this video. It was like, okay, So we kept on working and kept on working. And I think a lot of the dynamic of the group had changed as well, Um, because we went from being a five man group down to a three man group. Um, and, And like I said, you know, 86 was when we graduated from. Well, when I graduated and I was the youngest of the group. So I graduated from high school and was about to enter into college. So now you've got a whole nother dynamic of stuff that's happening. Okay, Um, we we wanted this to happen. It didn't happen for us. It seems to happen for somebody else. Our work and our time. Okay, fine. But now we've got work. We've got jobs. We've got school, you know, like real school, like, you know, college and everything's going on. So we just kept kind of going on with with life. We were approached by a management company when we became a three-man group. We were approached by a management company out of Philadelphia. And they were intrigued with our story, um, trying to make sense of it all. Because, like I said, our, our management, our record company really didn't know anything. Long story short, we ended up signing, signing with them. We got out of our old situation. We ended up signing with them. And um, the new marks kind of goes on. The lawyer that we had or that they had access to was a guy who was the lawyer for Philadelphia International Records. Okay, so he was used to dealing with crazy deals and et cetera. So we go and we sit down, we meet with this guy, Phil Asbury. And Phil's like, um, listen, it ain't over for that record with what y'all got going on, you know, because we we just wrote it off. It's like, okay, they, they, they did what they did. They're doing what they're doing. It's whatever okay Phil says we're gonna make this right it's gonna take some time but we're gonna make it right okay and in the meantime we're still doing what we're doing we're still in the studio doing stuff we're still on the road doing stuff um about a year later in 87 we get a call from Phil Asbury all right y'all need to come up here and have a meeting with me so man we go to his house and of course you know him being the dude that he is his house is the bomb I mean laid out baby from top to bottom just kill the house so we go in we got this big old dinner he sits at the table he says okay here's what the deal is you guys are now going to be getting your publishing for girl you know it's true we straightened it all out um and you'll be getting your due I said, OK, um, not only that, we everything was corrected with our names being associated. They, you know, not as new marks, but, you know, Sean Spencer, Kevin Lowes and, you know, everybody who, who who wrote the record. All of that stuff was corrected. It was it all went out on the Arista on the Arista label. We were all credited properly. Everything done nicely. You know, we were able to buy houses and cars and that kind of thing. Um, you know, as 18, 19 year old 18?
0: cats. So, you guys act like you and... have F- money? <laughs> <laughs> um, gold chains, gold bracelets.
1: Hard. Man. Yeah. I mean, you know, looking back at it, you know, hindsight being 2020, uh, there would have been some different things going on at the time. I mean, we didn't know. And uh, we just, we were just happy at least that they didn't steal it from. Me. We weren't happy about what it what you know what happened with them being with it. And and he, and check this out. So so Millie Vanilli comes to town. Millie Vanilli came to Baltimore and performed at the place where I first did my gig. And uh where I did the first gig in 82. So so everybody's asking me, hey, "Oh, Spin, you want to go Millie Vanilli's coming to town?" I said, "No, I'm not going." <laughs> I said, I don't want what do I want to go down there and, and, and do that for? Um, I said, okay. Well, <sighs> you guys go. I'm not going. They went, and apparently it was a situation like they got backstage, and Millie Vanilli Millie Vanilli's coming off the stage, and they're running, you know, the crowd, and you know, they they've got you know the bodyguards and all. So one of the guys goes up and says,
0: Hey, 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 where
1: the new marks? Where the new marks? One of them turns around and says, oh, the new marks from, oh, from, from the girl, you know, is true. Hi-ya. And that was it. They whisked them away. <laughs> <laughs> they whisked them away. I was we- like, well, I'm glad I-, I didn't go.
0: Bye. Yeah. Hi. See ya. Glad I didn't go. Oh, I'm glad um, to you too, you would have been angry. I know you Yeah, angry. I would
1: have been upset, I man. And it, it just cool. just more just just add more fuel to the fire. Um but um like I said that that whole situation, you know, with Phil, that worked out okay. We ended up being able to do some things. Um then then the the the, the next chapter.
0: Yes. Uh
1: the next chapter is we 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 walk into a studio to record this song called Do It Good. Um, we couldn't get a record label interested anywhere, so we created our own record label called Marks Brothers Records. And um we recorded uh we do a hip hop version and we do a house version, courtesy of the basement boys because they now hear he, he, the basement boys over here doing some things that like what in the world is going on? They had just done Alternate. They, 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 you know, I think the sub-level record was out, and they were working with this girl, Crystal Waters. So, okay. We do this record called Do It Good. They come up to Philly and remix the record, and Alternate is actually on it, and Do It Good was born. It was the first record that I ever did an MC job on. So, Tony Humphreys uh, and several other people played the heck out of Do It Good. Played it, and and nobody played our hip-hop version. The hip-hop version did some stuff, but it was all about that dance version, that Basement Boys mix of Do It Good. So I said, okay, something's got to change here. I've been doing this hip-hop thing for a long time, trying to do this New Marks thing for a long time. Let me see what these guys got going on over here, because they had a deal with Warner. They had a deal with Mercury, and they had a deal with MCA. All at the same time, right. all running.
0: Teddy right. Teddy was hot. Teddy was a hot property in Jay.
1: Yeah, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the three of them dudes What they, I mean, they were just doing some amazing stuff. So I'm I'm curious, man. So I, I decide, okay, I'm gonna leave the hip-hop thing alone. I'm gonna go see what these guys are doing. So I started doing some songwriting, like literal, like penning writing. Um songs for Crystal, songs for Ultra. And um lo and behold, I'm, I'm doing some freelance stuff at Basement Boys Productions while I'm in college and working at the record stores. Um did that for years, man. You know, so man, watching them, watching them come up with Gypsy Porn was, was, was ridiculous. I man, they 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 worked in this basement, um, in Jay's basement, and really at, at the corner of, you know, at, at on a corner, man. And I remember going into the studio because at one point I had even toyed with wanting them to produce a solo rap album for me. I mean, I was, I was in, I was in this situation where I was trying to get into like a, a a Will Smith kind of a thing and it didn't work out, but I, 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 and I had the tracks approved. I'm going to send it to you because I know you will get a laugh. You probably get like, man, you are crazy. Anyway.
0: Wait, 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 um, wait, wait, wait. wait. People are saying, "Can you can you break us down with like a couple of lines? What you would be saying in those days? Like some of the slick lines that you would have had on a, on the songs." <laughs> Drink your Dunkin' Donuts. This is what I'm talking about, everybody. At True House stories. Now we're unearthing not only your favorite DJs. <laughs> boy had a mic in his hand. Uh, he working. Uh, one Love it. Red alert and Chuck with love. You. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, um I'm gonna ask you more questions, but go ahead, give me this. I wanna ask you something mm, else.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Okay. You you seriously wanna hear this?
0: Yes You seriously oh, wanna hear this. Else saying, can he can he can he lay it down? he lay some science down for us?
1: you've heard over and over and over and over and over again about a brother better known as spectacular with vivacious vernacular don't sound like me you can't pattern your style after mind decline and find your own kind of step back as the spotlight shines on the s to the p not the i but the e and full effect my man it's me again all right yeah. <laughs>
0: Lay it down. You heard that. Yo, video. seriously, that
1: is only for you. That People have to know the kind of love that we got, man. Wait, I, I would never do that. Right
0: and now. the 65,000 people that are tuned in watching this right now, live, coming out of Baltimore. Here's the question I have now that you're from the old school of hip hop. What's going on today when you listen to these young bucks? Like, what kind of rapping is that? Would you categorize it? Because how what I just heard sounded like Run the MC style, Curtis right. Flow, all that right. old school where the guy would grab the microphone and they would put a beatbox behind him and bam, you know, you had a uh, thing. Um, I, it,
1: I think what's happening as, as far as the, the art of, emceeing the art of emceeing is turned more into uh is is becoming more (sighs) melodic so so you're hearing um you're hearing kind of not necessarily just talk rapping you're hearing song rapping which is very interesting because it you know it's almost like there's a certain type of a training that you need to have to be able to do some of the music that they're doing now. Whereas man, some of these guys, man, like chill Rob G. I listened to chill Rob G the other day. Um, who was, who has um, a a similar story because he was the guy that did all of that, all of those lyrics. And I got the power and, um, you know, dope void without substance of content. You need to slow your speed. Stop. It was on this record, man. That was on wild pitch. And they sampled or, or, or was using for the bed of it um, um, voices inside my head by the police. And Chill Rob G killed that record. Next thing you know, here comes Snap with I Got the Power. And here's this guy sounding like this that's, that's on that record taking Chill Rob G's words. And
0: I got the power. It's
1: getting, it's getting, it's getting. And, you know, and I was just like, wow, that sounds like the kind of same similar situation that we went through with Girl You Know It's True. Um, you know, because I Got the Power was a huge, huge record. Yeah. Nobody knows Till Rob
0: G. I know that because it's a The version on Wild Pitch and then that next yeah. version is on Arista, which I call yeah. the white-ified version. <laughs> <laughs> See,
1: I didn't want to go there. It's but this I, show. You can do I it. I'm
0: going to tell you this: That's when they take the white-ified version, they whiten it out, and you go, mm-hmm. what happened to the funk? What happened yeah. to the record? So. Yeah. That's why I want yeah, so, to ask you, because you know how to, y- he does know how to MC. So, but you're yes. MCing today. That does not sound like MCing
1: today. No, no. But, but, you know, I mean, it, it's all about, everything has to be in key. So, you know, the, the whole thing with the melody now, you know, making sure that everything is, is, is you know, fits within the parameters of the key when, why? yeah. Why? Yeah. And a lot of times, man, I mean, like, you know, me and Tommy Davis, right? And peace to my man Tom. Tommy he's
0: Davis. Man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tommy,
1: Brooks. Man, Tom, Tommy will look at me and, and he says to me a lot, he's like, Man, you over, you overdo the vocals sometimes on on, you know, you over process them trying to get them to sound a certain way. He's like, you know, Tommy come from the day of my my lover. And <laughs> and you know, those types of records where. A lot of times, those records weren't in any kind of key. It was just all about the vibe, and 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 he blames me because, like, man, now I have to listen to everything. You know, everything has to be kind of kind of straight and, and, and regimented
0: on a 440 <laughs> sound. He's got, in other words, when he's talking about harmonizing, he's taking stuff, he's putting the whole acapella, and he's making sure chromatically that it is nowhere off pitch at all. But right. I want to say something. What happens sometimes is is that you lose. Some of the essence of the vocal.
1: You do you lose some dynamic? A
0: lot that of it. dynamic in the essence, that funkiness sometimes when you over. Yeah. I try not to go too far to the right with that. I try to kind of yeah. keep it real. Yeah, ringing. but then but
1: then but then you know, then, then you get the real musicians that will criticize you. I don't, <laughs> I,
0: don't I don't care. I don't care. I'm classically trained. You don't think I hear it? Dumbass. I hear it. <laughs> Mind your business. So yeah. Mind your business. Play the
1: record. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I try to do it as tastefully as possible.
0: Go so back to Teddy's basement and Jay. Mm-hmm. And you are now all starting to, you're, you're trying to figure out how you are cementing yourself in their situation. Now you need to get up. in Yeah. Move. So what's going on there? And what year is mm-hmm. it now? this? 88? 89.
1: 89. I started working with them in 89, um, straight through to, man, I, from from doing songwriting, I went into doing some pre-production work with them, um, you know, learned how to run the ASR. ASR 10 was my first keyboard, man. So I, I learned how to run that and, uh, um, you know, the SP-1200 and all of that kind of stuff. Because in, in the new marks, I really wasn't... Um, uh, like, you know, the, the drum machine or, you know, keyboard type of guy. I, I was all about the DJ period. So, you know, walking into the basement boys, you know, I really wanted to learn how to write and compose. And these were the tools that I was using to help do that. Um, and then, uh, you know, from, from having these plethora of hits, man, like, like I said, I, I walked in the basement and heard gypsy woman raw, and I, I just remember walking into the basement like, that is a hit. I don't know what that is, but whatever that is, it's a hit. Because <laughs> I never heard anything like it. Um, next thing I knew, man, I, I, I took it on a cassette. They gave me a cassette copy. And everywhere I went to DJ, I had to carry a cassette deck with me that had a pitch control because I couldn't do a gig without playing <laughs> Gypsy Woman.
0: That was a hot um, record. I mean, when we all got yeah. there, that, that was crazy.
1: It was. It was. It was just. It was just bonkers, and that set the stage and the trajectory for Basin Boys just to go from here to there. It. It. It was literally nuts.
0: God bless them. we will have Teddy on the show too later on in the year. You oh, know? I'm
1: sure you will. He. I'm. And the two of y'all on this show, I, I'm gonna probably be glued to it watching that because <laughs> that's gonna. That is going to be insane.
0: Teddy's, Teddy's Teddy, Teddy is a character as well, like I am. Yes, you know, he
1: I'm is. Yes, him. he is. And the two of y'all, I don't know whether the world be ready for it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest did with you. you. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys realize, did you realize what was to come from that point of, of around that time? Because of how important this house music thing was? <sighs> was kind of like, hmm. I think at that time, they knew it.
1: Um, I, I, think that, uh, Tommy, Teddy, and Jay, they, they, they knew they were on to something, um, because they were constantly, constantly working. Um, you know, they were able to buy a facility that had, you know, two rooms rooms—an a and a B room. And I was blessed to be able to work in that B room for years. I mean, from about 91 until about uh, until 95, man, I mean, all we were doing, man, we were just pumping out stuff, you know? And, um which led to the next piece of my chapter was <laughs> Teddy and Jay had left the studio and had gone somewhere. I think they went to England and I had a weekend Lenny in that studio with a board that looked kind of like that thing you got in the back of you. right
0: So yeah, that's the cell. Yeah. I know yeah. That
1: one. And um, man, I said, okay, I'm going to do a record that weekend. I had it set up in my mind. I was going to do it. I had planned on what it was going to be and how it was going to be. So, um, came up with the beats. Came up with the kind of idea. I had uh, who a uh, uh, fruity who is uh, Randy Roberts. Um, had him come in and help me orchestrate it. Man, I had everybody from everybody who who sang with him and DJ OG and a couple of people. Man, we came in and they were my Backing vocalist for this record that I was working on called "The Feeling."
0: Oh yes!
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Oh yes! I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> God, I'm, I'm part of that. Yeah. Oh, so, that.
1: 1995, the first actual production that I felt that I could pull off with all of the knowledge that I created or, or had accumulated. Over the past four years, um, we came up with a feeling, man, in one weekend. Um, and I guess, you know, that was the second record on Basement Boys record. The first record was by Maurice Fulton called um, Kong, which is by Sticky People. And and a feeling was Basement Boys 002.
0: Second record on... That's right. And then Azuli then like, Records picked it up for England. Yeah. And Azuli picked it up and... Cool. That's when I was called in to remix it. Yes, you were. Ooh, uh-huh. I said, like yesterday. My <laughs> God. Oh my God. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh-huh. yes, sir. Dave Paccioni calls me. Everyone, the owner of Azuli Records, and says, "Yo, I got this. I got this hot record from from Teddy and Basin Boys Crew." I'm like, mm. he says, "You need to hear it." He sent it to me. He plays over the phone. That's it. He plays over the phone. What do you mm. think? I said, "What do I think?" Yo, that's a that's a banger, bro. I remember saying, holy smoke, yo, you want to remix? I said, Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I remember taking the vocals and it because we just was we just got technology. I remember this uh-huh. where I had two tracks of audio with my secrets and I had the tape machine. So I remember just mm-hmm. taking the whole vocal and putting it in, and it locked right up, and I went. Wow! I don't have to cut him up. Oh my god! Just nope. all of it. What a what a great record.
1: Yeah, man. Big what a killer mix guy. you did, yo! You did a you did a killer mix. Killer, just killer. Big,
0: thank you. And um,
1: it, it just you know it, it just grew wings. It just it literally it, it just
0: it grew it wings. Was a huge record for you, bro. Yeah, yeah. That was like one of it the was. first records in the club scene. Club scene that worldwide. I remember everybody went crazy for. Yeah. And then it was and then we're killing it nuts. in New York at Sound Factory Bar and I did the remix mm. and England was starting to play the record. It was nuts. Yeah.
1: Jasper so that that company. was that was that that Jasper Street where's Company, Jasper the first street? Jasper Street Company was
0: it? So where's Jasper Street the name come from?
1: Jasper Street was the name of the street that the studio when they moved from Jay's basement and they moved into a studio, Jasper Street was the actual name of the studio where of, of the street <laughs> where the studio was located. Wow. So that was very, very easy. The, the hard part was trying to figure out what we were going to do, man. I, I, we were, we came up with everything. Jasper Street Chorus, the Jasper Street Choir, Jasper Street, all kind of stuff. And, you know, all of a sudden here comes Teddy with his little company. We call him the company. <laughs> so, so, yeah.
0: <laughs> but not why did you not call it spend ink or something at that time well um
1: at the time i i think lenny i had gotten so used to working in the background But when the whole thing with the new Mars kind of fell apart and there were so many things man you know like you know wanting to be in the dj you know, like the 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 DMC DJ contest just didn't happen because my managers forgot to fill out paperwork. I mean, all kind of crazy stuff. So, uh, yeah, that that's a whole nother you story. Know what saying,
0: <laughs> 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 you face, <wanna> everybody. <laughs> uh, what? What
1: Yo, man, what is man? Up? I was what? supposed to be what? I was supposed to be in that DMC contest in '89.
0: I got called Tony, and, and get you back in there. Oh
1: no, me. you don't. <laughs> I'm no nah, man. I'm I'm sure. <sighs> <laughs> <But> anyway, paperwork after you? No, dude. I had listen. So, like I said, we had these. We had this management company that was in that was in Philly, and two of them, two of them. One worked at Arista, and I want to say one worked at Atlanta at, at Atlantic. So they would. I mean, so I mean, it was a very very well connected uh, management company, but. They would say, Yeah, man, we're going to get you in. you you practicing. They call you, you practicing, you getting yourself together. All right, man, we're going to get you on. We're going to get you on. And the contest came and went. And I was like, Dude, what happened there? Uh, we forgot. Like, really?
0: Okay. Is this, so there was that. Is this agency called WAC Management? <sighs> I
1: mean, what's it was called. It, <laughs> and <laughs> I think they're still in operation. <laughs> Exclusive no, we management. We want to call
0: them what they are, but I'm just saying, let's <laughs> like whack management because they really are whack.
1: Dude, it was, it, it was. I mean, talk about, and that's why I was saying, man. It was just so many things with reference to doing that whole hip hop thing where I, I I just been let down by so many different things. And, you know, it started with Millie Vanilli and it's just, just, so I just, Push the hip hop thing but, off to the side.
0: But the rainbow stories with the Millie Vanilli, at least that lawyer made it right. He to, did. To get you guys what you would do. He did.
1: He did. He did. But man, you know, Lightning never struck twice. It was like, okay, so we wrote this record for Millie Vanilli, man. We wrote several songs, several songs, and tried to get them placed. Nobody ever bit. And we were so obsessed. So check it, man. At one point, at one point, we. Uh, <laughs> And, and we were still five, we were still five men at this time. At one point, we were so destroyed about it. We did this song called Girl It Ain't True No More. And we was on some NWA jazz when we did that record. It's that it's just ugh.
0: We were going militant style? Militant Oh rap? yeah. It was yo, it was it, angry rap. It was, yeah.
1: Angry. It, it, I'm not rapping that, no. I didn't ask you <laughs> that. I'm just saying it's militant meaning angry and dark. And yeah, hard. like yeah. I mean NWA oh, like, and yeah all them dudes were around at that time They, they and, and I mean they were taking over so you know yeah if you were doing you know hip hop especially then you know you couldn't do the same kind of thing that you were doing you know when LL and then was out you had to kind of change with the times and we were never really those guys so you know I mean it didn't last it just didn't last we, we you know it, it, was, it was out of our lane
0: Right, because you guys are like disco rap guys in a sense. I don't mean disco, but I mean yeah. like cool funky jams on the like, not yeah. like, Funkadelic, not just Knee Deep, you'd have the bassline playing and then you do your thing, like the traditional hip-hop style. Right. So to hear that party, what they would call party rap, to go into militant, I, I don't give a shit about the system.
1: Yep angry that's exactly that's hey, exactly that's me, exactly I what it was
0: but, well that's the problem i can't yeah, but this. understand man in 89 in
1: 89 that's what was happening i mean this stuff man out of you know the, the southern stuff was happening but these cats called nwa they did they, they they just they just took over they took over you couldn't hear none of that stuff on the radio at all but boy on the street level forget about it was all over the place but them public
0: enemy village? They made those Raiders jackets so famous, more than the actual LA Raiders, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just from them wearing their gear. Out, yeah, out man, control.
1: yeah. So, so, so that, so that's all. You know, I, I, it was a lot of stuff, man, It just happened, and you know, I, I, just said, man, it's, it's, it's time for me to sort of move on, and, and that's the whole thing. So I found this love for dance music, and, uh, boy, walking into I think it, it was Zanzibar was my first, like, real kind of club experience outside of Odell's here. Now, I, I, I'd done Odell's and played Odell's here, but it was still, you know, sort of a Baltimore thing. When I walked into Zanzibar, man, and, and all of those people were in there. I think it was the last night Humphreys was playing. And that dang on floor, when the base, it was poosh, poosh, I was like, uh, this floor is about to cave in. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this, this is some scary jazz. Floor never came in, man. It, and actually ended up having the time of one of the times of my life in there, man, listening to Humphreys that night. It was
0: phenomenal. So from that point now, since you found this new joy of dance music, I know you were getting ready to travel abroad. It didn't happen too much longer. You were you no. Okay, that's when I met you across the ocean.
1: Mm-hmm. And yep. That- so that that was 95. I think the first Italian music conference. Uh that I went to where I met you. Unless I met you at winter music conference that year. I'm I'm not sure. But that's but that's
0: i met a-, a WMCO. I know I met you one before or after. I know it was yeah I, guys. I knew Teddy a long time already by that point. Yeah. And, but uh, I mean, you didn't know. See, we brought <laughs> Teddy because Teddy would come to New York all the time. We talk about Teddy Douglas and baseball boys. He would come mm. to New York and hang out, and you would see him around, but we didn't see you guys yet till you guys travel with him abroad. And then it was like a big family, mm-hmm.
1: family. Man. Yeah. That, that first, I didn't know what to make of it. Honestly. Um, that, that whole Italian music, uh, conference and being on the bus with you guys. And just like, because I think that first year, man, I'm, I'm just sitting there like trying to take it all in. I'm like, these cats are nuts. <laughs> like literally crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. It's something. Yeah. It, 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 it was crazy some of the things, man, that happened on that bus. But it was, I I, I kind of wish that there was something going on like that. Um that really brought so many of us together as producers, as songwriters, as singers. nothing like it nothing at all and you know getting to know you um and and work with you you know in several different aspects you know i mean from djing and nightclubs and stuff you know like learning how to do it because i mean even though i had been djing for i've been djing since i was 13 but there's a complete difference between djing for any other crowd really than being a, a dj in a club or a, a festival but but dj in the club man that stuff man i learned from you from teddy from tony and just you know just really sort of um, that,
0: Bro, i didn't know that i just saw you guys on the sidelines dancing and going crazy i'm not thinking you're learning anything
1: nah dude you you were you had a knack for really being tight you were very very tight and technical. Teddy 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 I love because Teddy just Teddy just he is into it. And when he's into it man it's like that's when the magic happens. But he's more of a DJ that's worried about okay the programming is what's more important to him. Your tech level and what you were playing within what you were doing was really really good. It was good. So yeah, man, you're one of the people I took a lot from <laughs> back then, especially because I mean, we would be on the road and I would watch you DJ and I would watch people like, okay, this cat Lenny. <laughs> all right. <laughs> I was studying you. Like I was studying. <laughs> <as> you
0: <guess. laughs> well, you know, until people met me years later, they all thought I was black from all the music I made. I loved it. They used cool. to say, hey, I'm like, Oh, I mean, just sure. on my head like this because I have a knack to play. I love black dance music. People who know right. me. Like and it's
1: well, something- imagine, <laughs> imagine, imagine me walking into yellow, uh, yellow productions in, in France for the first time meeting Bob Sinclair. I know. Right.
0: Chris. Right.
1: Yeah. So I, right. So I, I sat, I, I sat there and I was talking to, um, Dag. I can't remember his, the guy that used to be with him all the time. He was one of my best friends doing this, but I can't remember his name right now. And he, in, in walks Chris. Chris looks at me and he says, and he just looks. He doesn't say anything. He just looks. And he keeps looking. He <laughs> keeps looking. And, and to a point that I just turned around and say, dude, what's up? <laughs> he looks at me. He says, you're black. I said, <laughs> yeah. And? <laughs> and what? I said, <laughs> yeah think i think that he was surprised i guess from the music that i was making um he he truly had no idea i guess he imagined me being white or latino or something i don't know hang on he, a second he, We're like, with a few- he looked at me and said dude no, dude you, uh, you're making gospel you're black
0: records and i mean these are just r&b to me fluence black records i've heard and right come on now
1: Uh-uh-uh. Is that I don't even know if I had done Crazy record Midnight record. at that
0: point. I don't, maybe the Millie Vanilli thing maybe got them all screwed up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because everybody Absolutely. thought Frank, the German guy, was the yeah. guy that wrote the record. They didn't think, they didn't know the story about you and the writing and, the, and covering the record. Nobody knew no. that. I knew no. that because you told me yeah it all down for all of us but most people had no idea all they knew about was the, the thing skipping the seat the playback thing and yeah right on the and saying oh yeah you think you're bigger than the music guess what now i tell them the truth who the real singers are
1: yeah man and i did talk about something that was really wild that was wild like you know watching the grammy getting taken from them and and you know, finding out that they weren't the ones that actually sang it—I mean, just you know—it it was, it was almost like just you know, rubbing rub more salt in the wound. It yeah, like just destroy it. Like yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, stab him again. You got down. Stab him again. Yeah, two so, more. So, so we get through the nineties into the two thousands, and you know, you're starting to now. You know, you're getting your own at this point. You you've now created your legacy, basically now, and mm. you know. You break away, I guess, eventually from Teddy and creating, because I know Teddy yeah. too, kind of, right? He's like, yeah,
1: yeah, it, it was, um, it it was growing pains, I think. I mean, at at you know, we did the that last Jasper Street Company album, and then, um, yeah, man, it, it was time that I just had to make a go of it on my own, and um, ended up doing Code Red recording.
0: That's right. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes. Yeah. Another yeah. good. So we, code red. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. So we ended up doing code red um, with a guy named Gary Dean, um, and uh, you know he had a studio situation, and it was it, it was crazy because it was almost like I think a year may have gone by before I was actually doing any kind of production work, and then um, I went into that situation, and man, lo and behold, we started making some music and i think the first thing that we did out of that was probably the best i can was probably the first code red record and then from the best i can we went right into gabrielle um which actually was the brainchild of a guy from here named dj technique another really good hip-hop guy uh from here that you know started doing the house and dance music actually doing more so baltimore club music but he came up with this track and um we kind of took it and worked on it and embellished on it, and you know, there you go. And then Gabrielle was born. Um, and then from Gabrielle into the way you love me. And
0: uh, well, that's right, the Mother Funkers.
1: Yeah, they, right. Mother Funkers was was the him? production company out of that.
0: Cover him. Um, I can't think of his name right now. The singer,
1: Mark Evans.
0: Yes, Mark. Another great Mark singer. Evans. Sound like to me. Sound like to me like a Philly International guy. When
1: yeah, man. Mark had been doing everything around here from weddings to, you know, shows and, and that kind of thing. So he always he, he's always been around. Um, and, man, I mean, I've always wanted to work with him, you know, up, up until that point. So I came up with kind of like the, the hook for this track um, and wrote it with him in mind to come in and, and finish it off. So. And that's exactly what happened. He came in, man. It was a first-take record. Um, but, but you know, it's one of those first-take records like, oh, man, yeah, he, he can do better, have him come back in. You know, kind of like what they did with Car Wash. You know, they came in, and they did a Car Wash a hundred times. And then come back, to all of a sudden, just use the first one. I told
0: everybody, you know, it's that first-take, and it happens to everybody.
1: Yeah. So man, we we did it and did it and did it, and then I went. I, I just kept going back to the first, and I'm like, man, this is the one. And um, then we started getting calls from Dunmore, and next thing you know, Code Red is distributed by Defected, and there you go. There's the start of that. So that was
0: two thousand two, two thousand three. And I remember that. Code a ton of stuff for him at that time. You were doing a lot of stuff. Yeah,
1: we were doing. Yeah, we were we were heavily involved. The, and head,
0: let's put it like this you know, head and head and in, the, in the game in there
1: yeah we would yeah but but that was pretty much not truly my own thing because i did have a partner at the time um and um you know a, again i was just really more so concerned with trying to be creative um and he was doing most of the business stuff um and man, we ran that for we ran that until 2012, I think. Yes. Yeah. Ran that until 2012. And then we start quantize. Okay. January, February, January, yeah. February of 12. <laughs> and uh, with our first record, another Mark Evidence record, which was called Until You. Um and you know, we we were the motherfunkers at the time, but we got into some technical things. So we we ended up dropping motherfunkers as a production and a and an artist name and and moved into where we are now, pretty much where we've been.
0: So what's the philosophy now with quantize? Because now we're working all digital, hundred percent digital. Mm-hmm. See that you guys churn out a lot of material every month. What's the what was yeah. when the beginning, when you started this? In 2012 was basically a lot of the end of the vinyl era. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, man. Um, it Basically, all we really wanted to do at that point was to make one good record a month. That's what we wanted to do. We wanted to make one good record a month and, and keep going. But of course, you know, what I mean, we, we ran into problems all kind of problems, man. I mean, like the third record we had was contested by one of the artists and ended up having to be pulled down. And, you know, we never went back to it, but uh, oddly enough, um, it ends up getting picked up again by somebody else. The record actually came out, but it didn't come out on quantized because it was like, man, I, I don't want the headache of this. If we just starting out, we're not even going to go there. If the guy wants the record down, we pull a record down. It's Um, but in general man that's all we wanted to do we wanted to do one good record a month and um, you know w- which was kind of tough the whole reason we started unquantize was because you know quant- you know people this pigeonhole thing is serious this genre thing is very 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 it, it very serious so it's like okay they know us for uplifting anthemic singings house tracks you know we can't get into doing s- tracky stuff like real serious underground stuff you know and, and which we figured wouldn't really work on quantized given the trajectory of what of you know where we were going so we started on quantized to do a little bit more kind of experimental you know afro house-ish electro house-ish deep house-ish just you know which we just we just do whatever we feel like doing on that label where quantize is really about developing artists, um, developing artists, developing songs. um, And that's the main difference between the two.
0: So here we are now, you know, someone's up and coming. Are you checking all demos coming in? Are you because like, I know you got a demo show? I saw this you and your wife. I was like, Ooh. Tuesdays, I think he's running a demo. Yeah, it's like it's, yeah. Is, is it every uh, other Tuesday? What's it called? The demo show? Talent Tuesdays. All right. So Talent Tuesdays. Talent Tuesdays. Then.
1: Talent Tuesdays is where we literally go through the demos process and let people see it. Um. Um. But. It, hang on yes i know that it's i know it's not all I, i'm being corrected as i'm
0: going Okay, yeah. we have to bring somebody else in uh she just
1: she just i think she knew that that was going to happen and she said what she said right <laughs> i don't know we'll see if i can get her to come in but um long story short um, we don't do we don't do every single demo that we get on that show Um, we, we put out, okay, listen, we're going to do a show. Um, if you would like for your demo to be, to, to be judged by the masses, not just us, let us know. So those are the particular records that you hear on talent Tuesdays, not just every single thing that comes in. I mean, man, first of all, we get so many demos. I mean, at one point, man, we had so many demos, Lenny, that I I think we were backed up with like 200 just <laughs> demos, right? I love it 200 demos. What are you gonna do? You're like, dude. What? I'm saying I have missed. We we have we have missed just because you know with with traveling and everything. You know, non pandemic traveling and moving around. Man, we missed a lot of stuff. We missed a we we missed some stuff, man. That I'm mad that we missed, but um, you know, just couldn't get to in time, but we've since really started to focus in and we've got a lot of help, man, with, uh, with our crew, um, helping us to go through the demos process. Candace, uh, Candace McKenzie is our A&R.
0: Oh, um, Candace, where are you girls? Take them back. Yeah. Yeah. So we
1: got, we got Candace and, uh, Mike Freak helps us a lot with the with the demos process, Tommy, of course, um, Kelly, of course. And um, so, you know, we're able to get through this onslaught of demos in a in a much better fashion than we were doing probably in our first five years. Man, when it was just literally kind of me and Tommy, we, <laughs> we was the-
0: like, hang on. Tell us the process, you and Tommy. So what's going on? You guys are getting emails and emails. What's you like paying attention? What happened? Come on now. Well, well, here's he, the truth of it. We would we would be
1: getting demos in our demos box. But then we would get a record from, I don't know, Jihad Muhammad, or a record from Timmy Register. Or, you know, at the same time, we're getting records from people that we know and that we know are going to be salesworthy. So those are the records we tended to concentrate on, you know, if a record came from Byron Stingley or Kenny Bobian or somebody like that. And, you know, the, the, the new artists in our mind, you know, we have to get to it when we can get to it. We have to, you know, there's a certain priority of things and it, man, it was just, it was just crazy. We just couldn't get through it all.
0: You can't, you can't fulfill the demand. It's too much. Yeah. we, we, We just couldn't do it.
1: We, we couldn't do it. So, God, I mean, man, I prayed for help. I prayed for can it. Can you
0: explain now, as a label owner, I mean, this is really important because there's a lot of people like, would die to be on your label. Let, but let's be honest. Let's talk about the a and insight and how important it is to have the following, the social media for someone like yourself to see this. The social media, how important is that with listening to the song? Like, you hear the song is one point. What's the next part for you guys when you're looking at the package of signing a record?
1: Well, that, a lot of that really is what Kelly kind of brought to the table. When, when Kelly started working with us, that's when these things really started to kind of take shape. So Tommy and I all about the music, all about, okay, this is, this is dope, this is dope, this, this, and that, and the other thing. Okay, the Facebook promotion The, you know, who, who, you know, what, what's the, who is the artist? Does the artist have pictures? Because here's the, here's the other thing you got to know, Lenny. The first 100 records on Quantize never had an artist picture on the cover. I always use these kind of cartoon versions. So sort of black versions of, or multicultural versions of pretty girls. Bottom line. Right doing something different kind kind of doing what head candy was kind of doing but our Afro- version
0: of it an afrocentric way more exactly right more
1: kind of soulful stuff that represented more of the music that we were doing but man I always get flack uh from the artists like okay well can I have my picture on it or you know can I'm like no you know, and, and, and no and- <laughs> no no hey, no it's not. Hey, no the problem was, especially coming out of Code Red now, now you have to understand, I, I came out of another situation where you would go and we would ask artists for pictures
0: and uh, they would never have them. They no, just wouldn't have them. Excuse me. They have pictures. They send you a Polaroid. What the hell is for to do with a Polaroid? I'm not even going to say a Polaroid, man. Most of the Most of the people just didn't have them. That's right.
1: Boy, okay. So, 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 so yeah, now, I mean, yeah, now, you know, we're, we're a little bit more, you know, everything's a little bit more social media friendly now. So everyone has pictures, but most people now just don't have professional high quality pictures enough that, you know, to use. So, you know, a part of our demos process now, and like I said, we owe a lot of this to Kelly and her way of thinking is that, okay, uh, you know, the, the song has to have this. We need the, we need the credits. Okay. The song is good, but where are the credits? Okay. The song is good, but where are the lyrics? The song is good. Where's the artist's picture? What, what, what social media presence does the artist have? What's all of this other? So now all of a sudden it starts coming, um, right down to every song has to be signed properly. Every remix has to be, has, has to have paperwork. I mean, just things that That Tommy and I, because we were operating, how we were operating, just were like, oh, okay, Byron is my boy. We putting that record out. And that record is dope. We're going to put that record out above and beyond anything else we have, you know? And that's just, you know, what was going on. And then, you know, slowly but surely, we started to develop a business model. For every single record that comes in. So even if you're sending us a demo now, it's going to go through a process. And if it if it if any part of that that process uh, meets a failure, (laughs) it won't go. go.
0: The line, it sounds like you guys went very corporate year older
1: age. Yeah. And again, man, uh, Kelly, Kelly's expertise lot, right? on all of that. You, is
0: you don't awesome. have the time nor the ability to, to, to hold everyone's hand. You just don't have it.
1: No, we can't. We we, we can't. And, and like I said, at, at one point, man, we could and would do it, but where we are now is a completely different space. And, and we just, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, you would think that with the pandemic Lenny, that we would have more time we had less. It's ridiculous. This, this whole thing.
0: We're all stuck home. What the hell are you doing different than I am? Tell everybody what your day is like. Because I've been telling everybody I'm crazy busy, too. Okay. Why are you yeah. busy? Tell us why. The
1: reason that we're busy is because I, I wake up in the morning. Say a typical a, a typical Monday morning is wake up, um, start figuring out what the record is going to be for two weeks out. Okay, Because you, we're usually... Two to four weeks out from whatever record we're doing, so we wake up Monday morning and we're working on. Okay, well, we've got a quantized record and an unquantized record, and lo and behold, if we have something from Real Soul or something from Mark Francis with you know with their own labels, um, you know, we have to look at those too. So, depending on what that is, we we wake up in the morning, we figure out what it is, and then we start the process. Okay, does this need a remix or does this need uh, uh, an edit or does that need okay? Will that will will these two records make it to being released in the two or four weeks wherever we are? We make that projection on Monday morning and we start working. So I'll start working on the production side. Kelly will start working out, finalizing, making sure we have every single thing that we need from the the final contract to. The, uh, you know, the, all of the final mixes to making sure I have all the parts so that when we start working, we don't have to keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So usually that's what we kind of start doing on a Monday. On a Tuesday, we record meeting. We we meet and we talk about new things that come in. Um, so, you know, we, we talk for a good couple of hours about that Um working through what the demos are you know we do it now you know online and and people can see you know that's that's a part of what we're doing so usually that's too but also involved in that now is the video aspect of it now all of a sudden you know i've got to make sure that the broadcast is good i've got to make sure that the cameras are good i've got to make sure that you know what we're using um, as a platform is, is working properly. I've got to make sure computers are defragmented and, and, and cleaned and, and ready to go, you know? So that's a whole other side of it, but that, that also happens on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, um, is usually, you know, get up and go to work trying to finalize and figure all of that out, etc. cetera. So on, um, as well as Thursdays. Now Thursdays can also get into doing more broadcast and stuff. So, you know, it's about getting up in the morning, making sure that you get with all of the production that you have to get done, lay it all out, and fix all of that. That usually takes a few hours and then going into doing whatever we're doing as far as broadcasting and streaming that afternoon. Same thing with Friday. Saturday, we try to take off, but I don't know. Uh, usually doesn't happen. I mean, this this past Saturday, we were working all day <laughs> it's trying to put everything together sunday's pandemic praise so that's up at you know five or six getting ready to make sure everything is straight for a show that happens at 10 o'clock this morning i i, I literally uh blew a speaker of mine because a cord came out of my mixer
0: so everyone and please send please send a a, a paypal fund <laughs> to DJ Spend for his new speakers everyone mm. cuz he burned out his radio shack Optimus Prime speakers and he has since he's a Man. Kid,
1: and he I, I had right so I have to You're go to Lord eBay to try and find that and I mean I'm I was so distraught it like threw everything off because it was like 20 minutes before everything started I had everything straight everything was together 20 minutes that happens now I have to figure out why it happened figuring out why it happened you know, I mean, we ran over, but we got on the air and we did everything. Everything went went uh, went absolutely fine. Um, but you know, it's it's like, and 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 let's not forget that's the business side, the personal side.
0: Right. Yeah. What, what time we have for that?
1: Okay. I, mean, I don't hear,
0: right. um, Yeah. What, okay. What that, that's
1: just the business side. Okay. On the personal level, we have a daughter that has to be up and ready for school by. We, we have her up at eight. She's online at nine and she's going through online school from nine until two or three in the afternoon. So, you know, I mean, with with the help that we have from my son, um, you know, we, we kind of take our turns doing what we have to do with her. But, he, you know, all of that's going on at the same like, time
0: like this. Candace, hang on one second. I got to run to my <laughs> daughter's teacher. Wait, wait, just wait one second. Right? Like that.
1: Uh, I yeah, it's worse. The people that work, the people that work with us know, you know, I mean, at any time I will be, I mean, I'm doing zoom meetings, man. Like with the phone in my hand, I'll be in the car running around up the steps, down the steps. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. And, and then
0: remember, man, yeah. What, what happened when you were traveling? It was like, then you were traveling to it one time.
1: Well, I mean, you know, she was in school when I was traveling, so there would be, <clears throat> that would be Kelly that would be doing all of that when I'm not home.
0: That's right,
1: and 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 she holds down a nine to five every day, so she doesn't do. This is not. I'm saying, man, it is. It is literally nuts around here. I don't even know that you know once talking to you about it is one thing because I mean, I, I just wake up and I just kind of do it. But as I'm talking to you, I'm, I'm like,
0: you're going, wow, what? <laughs> when, what time do you sleep? How many hours do you sleep? Cause you didn't even tell us about production. Yeah. You didn't even say you went in the studio to do a touch of keyboard. Mm-mm. Nothing. No, nah. I mean, <laughs> man, I mean, one DJ, the, the one, the, well,
1: <clears throat> a lot of, what we've been doing even since since i left code red code red was the last actual studio setup that i worked in um man i bought myself a a killer laptop and i've been working on the same laptop that i bought in 2012 (laughs) which is my studio technically um now we have studios that we go to where you know we record vocals and we record um keyboards and that kind of thing um, but in general man i'm working on this laptop and have been doing so for the past eight years i need a new one i think but this thing is still running so i'm i'm running it in the hole but, it, you know, I, I like this laptop because I can travel around the world with it. You know, I have to have my studio going to, you know, especially if I'm somewhere for more than, you know, two or three days. I just sit there, get it set and, you know, go to work. And uh, nothing n- nothing better to listen to a demo than you going out and playing it on a super duper sound system somewhere. And, man, that you know. That that's kind of the monitors, but everything else is is you know pretty much done in headphones and that kind of thing. And um yeah. And I know a lot of people probably like, what really? Yeah, that's it.
0: That's it. Working like a like a banshee with his little little laptop in 2012. <laughs> so the whole album now that we're up to, of course, the album's release, it dropped. Oh boy, Grab this album yeah a lot of the cuts I see you also collaborated with David Morales and some really great yeah. on there tell us the concept of this album and the reason why I held back spends spends interviews was I wanted the album available for all of you to support this album go out and get it but he's going to tell you why he has this album out and what came right. to make this happen
1: Oh wait a minute! I've got a low battery. Oh, just left. Wait a second. There we go. Yep, I've got a low battery, but 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 I'm still here. Anyway, um, so um, I haven't done an album since 2014 was the last album I, I did. Not that album was Transition, and um, you know, doing albums, I mean, as you know, are pretty difficult um, to to just do. Um, and I've had a couple of the songs, man, have been, um, one second, Lenny, let me see if I can still hold on. I got to plug this thing in so I don't lose you. And then we start looking, can you hear me still? All right. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. All right, good. So, um, a couple of the songs I've been working on since Basement Boys. One is You Are My Friend, and I haven't, um... I've been trying to find the right person and I've had several vocalists make an attempt to do this record never to have it be done to a point where I was satisfied. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I did it, I did it a few times at Basin voice attempted it at code red never happened. Um, in general, um, the Fonda Ray track, we actually started that back at code red, but could never finish it. Um, so, uh, so in general, a couple of the ideas came from some things that I just really wanted to kind of get done, but never really had like the, the, uh, I don't know, man, I, I guess never the, the thought process never really occurred to do these as singles, maybe save them for a situation where you can do a, a album that will make sense to have these projects on. Um, another one is Mr. Melody. Mr. Melody is something I've been wanting to do for years, for a long, long time. Um, and I wanted to do Mr. Melody even before I met Sheila Ford. And man, you know, Sheila Ford is just, she's just amazing with her you know, and talk about classically we train. She's trained, man. I mean, trained from top to bottom and knows what she's doing, man. So if you want somebody that can elevate Fitzgerald you from up the street to down the street to around the corner, she will kill you. And, um, so I couldn't think of anybody else, uh, better to do Mr. Melody. And when I met her and we kind of came to a thought process of really trying to do that record one day, I said, okay, cool. Well, we're going to, we're going to do that. And I thought that this album would be a good place for it. So, Soulful Storm is really a uh, a really a coming together of different types of sounds of soulful dance music. Everything is danceable. But, you know, the difference between the Fonda Ray track and say something like going home to see my savior are worlds, worlds apart. They're very, very different, but still considered to be in the realm of soulful dance music, you know, one is blues based. One is very heavily R and B based. Um, you know, one is raw. One is as pretty as you're going to kind of get, you know, with, you know, with, as far as a dance track is concerned. And I think every single solitary track on, on soulful storm is a, is, is a soulful dance record. And, from hard to soft. So that's why it's a soulful storm. It's a collage of many different elements of soulful dance music.
0: The question that you know a lot of us ask is because of the streaming and track source and all the digital distribu- distribution of how things work, are you finding that people are cherry picking songs or are they buying the whole album?
1: It's a singles based market. Bottom line, um, doing, doing albums in a single space market is. <laughs> people will tell you, don't do it. I mean, I've, I've had, I've had people say, don't do it. Um, artists that said, I don't want to do it. Um, and I think that it's, it's the, ex- it's the exact opposite for me doing a body of work that represents who you are or not even who that represents something right i think this is why compilations tend to do well usually you know a a good compilation will have songs on it that are related somehow That somehow tell a story i think people long to hear that they long to know the story behind Something the true house story behind right. you. You understand what I'm saying. More so, so, so I mean, we've done some Tommy's album, which I think is it, it was is a great album. Took him a long time to pull it together, but I mean, his album is is a good reflection of exactly that. You know, kind of like you know tracks that we've done over a while plus some new things. We put it all together, and it's now a body of work. Um, and I, I think that, you know, no matter how many times you go and surf something or you you go and check out an artist on Spotify or something. Okay. Wow. I really like that song. Right. The, the, the one thing that's going to happen is that a person, a natural reaction to that would be, well, what else does the person have? And if it's them, it's really readily available. Now you've made another sale. Whether it's one song or two songs, or maybe you know, maybe they just want to check it out, or maybe they won't like anything else on it. But now you've given them a easy way to access right you as a person, your ideas, your 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 um, your creativeness easily accept easily accessible um, for people to. Look into and figure out who you are mm-hmm. as a creative being. So I, I think that albums are important. I had the conversation with Kenny Dope, and Kenny Dope, Kenny Dope, man, he said one day, man, he just said to me, "Yo, you need to do some albums. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do some albums, man." I was like, "Okay," and I wasn't really even thinking about did doing albums.
0: Did you say why? You just said. Okay. Um, yeah, he, he did. He said, man,
1: that, well, not really. You know, Ken, Kenny Kenny is Kenny. Yeah, man, you know, these albums, nobody's up, nobody's doing them, man. They, they, they're going to be really, really important. You know, man. Dude, just just think about doing some albums. And I think he's right. You know, no a lot of people aren't doing them. It makes it makes it a perfect time to do them. Because no one else, a lot of people just aren't paying attention to it. It's not easy. No, it's that which is which is the other thing. It's not an easy feat. It's difficult.
0: To do something where you can call it a body of work and be proud of that body of work. Yeah. You know, because I remember getting albums back in the day. One single was phenomenal and seven fillers. I on hope the- you don't feel that way about mine. No. <laughs> I don't like any of them. That's why you're on the show. I love the album. I told you I love the album. Are you kidding? Okay. Come I'm just, on, I'm just sure. First just sure. of all... First of all, I wouldn't tell you, ask you if to, the, I've had this conversation in Clubhouse. Everyone, you need to join Clubhouse. I've told you all this. It's a yeah. very important app. I've talked. I brought DJ Sneak on yesterday. We had a hundred people and I told this to the uh, DJ panel. I said, you as a DJ selector must love what they play in order to be good at the, at the craft. You right? can't just put music on that you don't know. You have to believe in the music and that means believe in the artist and I believe in DJ Spen and what he does. He knows that because we're, yeah. we're going to do something really big too. Again, here we go. We have a friend of ours. He has been asked to release this record. Okay? I've been waiting to announce this and I've been waiting to announce everybody. He just signed Michael Proctor's record. Yeah. Okay? And I got he's got it. So let him, <laughs> go ahead. This is what quantize is about. And I'm involved yeah. in this. Yes, ahead, sir. And tell them. So,
1: so man, I, I'm I'm so looking forward to this particular record. I mean, it's first of all, it's Michael Proctor. I mean, one of the most phenomenal voices that you will ever hear on yes. on dance records. You know, I mean, and and this is a good record. It's a really, really good one. And I I'm, I'm just looking, you know. It's, it's one of these things, man, where you know I'm 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 just waiting, just waiting <laughs> to, to get my hands on it, and waiting to hear what you're gonna do with it because I'm I'm really excited about it. <laughs> really excited.
0: I, I heard the project and I loved it the minute I heard it, and I said I was friends with him. Like I'm friends with Spen. As a relationship, I'm friends with his 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 ex wife Babu out of Switzerland. Yeah. She's the one that Babu, Babu. <laughs> Francisca Babu. Yeah. she's the number one house girl in Switzerland. Where is she? Stand up. Miss Babu. <laughs> he signs the record. She asked me what I thought. I said, no brainer. Mm-hmm. It's a no brainer. See my answer. It was a no brainer. You don't have yeah. to think quantize DJ spend two plus two equals four success love excitement, you know, his album. I felt the same when I first got the album, he wanted to come on before I said, no, my people, I want my people to come after it's out. I want you to explain why you did it. You know, let's do it after. And I'm glad I did it this way with you. And I'm glad as well, because I want people to be able to get that album. Now they leave the show. They're already saying people writing in, they're going, I just bought this song. I just bought this song. I'm like, buy the song buy the whole damn album everybody Help my man Spen show him some love spread the word push the Quantize label name push it all his projects are great okay you know but one thing i want to say is and this is a question may hurt you Spen but this is a question that came to me from fan mail okay fan mail asked they says Quantize puts out too much material now mhm that's what was told to me. I'm not saying this is not Lenny now. Okay. They asked me a question. Can I ask you where is there a breaking point for you? Is it to, you know, it's a lot of material every month. Every month. Right. What do you guys do to funnel this? What's the thought process? Well,
1: the the main thing, right? The the reason one of the absolute reasons that we started quantize was that we not only wanted to do our own records, but we wanted to do music that we felt was good. So whether it's from an unknown or, or somebody new, somebody never never been heard, et cetera, these are the records that we wanted to put out and, and have as a platform for people to come out and listen to now. Here's, here, here's, here's what I'm going to say to people who think we do too much.
0: Don't get upset. You're getting angry. No. Don't get angry. Come no. on, now. this is
1: true wanna, stories. Don't get. Angry. Wanna, no, 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 no. It's it's, it's not about being upset. It, this is it, it's a business, right? At the very end of the day, we need to make sure that we are present and accounted for with every single thing that we do. Records only have a two-week shelf life. That's what we know, all right? The two-week shelf, and and I take it back. Realistically, the average record, Lenny, has a one-week shelf life. One week. Now that means that you'll take a record, you'll play a record, and then you'll never play that record ever again never play it again. So what the thought process is is to make sure that we always have something in people's ears. now if I put out a record by a young dude and the record is a decent record right We give it a platform we put it up there now it now it's not by Lenny Fontana it's by Malcolm G right? Malcolm G now has a platform that his record will go up and people will look at it because we put it on Quantize. Now, is that if, if I put out a DJ Spin record and then put out a Malcolm G record, right? Right behind a DJ Spin record, the likelihood is that the Malcolm G record will probably not get as much as, as a DJ Spin record, but it's still gonna get the same one week that it would have if I didn't put anything else behind it. So the idea is to keep fresh music in a music industry that turns over, 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 over to keep fresh music in people's minds at the forefront of your record buying experience. Because a lot of times what'll happen is, is that you'll, you'll buy a record and you'll be like, oh, well this record, okay, wow, it's another record that's on Quantize. OK, well, right. They put out a lot of records, but the, but you see it. It's not like that record has gone under the five hundred or five thousand other records that would come out in that week. We've literally been blessed to be able to have a positioning where if we put a record out that it will get seen. So to see an unquantized record with an unknown or to see a quantized record with an unknown name come behind the records that we have is a plus for us, especially as as business. Because here's the thing. There are several, several records, man, that we put out that we didn't necessarily think were going to be big. Ends up being the biggest thing, bigger than a DJ spin record. Because we took a chance on putting out a record by an unknown artist. And like I said, we get hundreds of demos in a week. Um, it, uh, um, mm, hundreds of demos, not in a week. I would say hundreds in a month. Yeah, I know. Right? What you
0: mean. You're getting about 50 to yeah. 75 a week about, right? Right. That 50 right. to 75 a so,
1: week. So a lot of these records are good. It's a means that we can expose people, expose new artists, expose new producers, expose new material. And this is why we do it.
0: Are you willing? And are you has, willing to step out of your box if you find something that's super hot that's not necessarily the quantized sound to release it under that moniker?
1: I don't say that one more time.
0: Are you if it's something that you said, wow, this is very different, but mm-hmm. you know it's hot, are you willing mm-hmm. to a chance to take it onto the label and give it a shot?
1: We do it all the time.
0: Tell the people out there, tell them to send you
1: that text. We do it all the time. I mean, on Talent Tuesday, pe- people know, people see what it is that, that we do. And a lot of times, uh, some of those records don't fit our mold. We'll take some of those records, we'll remix them to, to put them and make them into something that we know our audience will look at and say, okay, that's cool. But their original version will be there. The original version, we always do this. The people's original version is there. And sometimes the original version will trump what we do or deem as, you know, as a remix. But a lot of times, and, and you know, like I said, man, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, uh, I'm, I'm really open-minded with reference to a lot of this, but we have had the platform to be able to, to use Uh, for new and upcoming artists and doing these records as much as we do them is the way that we do it. And it's for us, it's worked for us. It's really, it really has been a blessing to be able to do what it is that we do. It -hmm. really has.
0: Yo, you have now sold us on quantize (laughs) (laughs) and get his damn album. You hear me? You go out there and purchase that album Buy that album. You already bought it. Buy again. Send it to your cousin, your mother, your friends. Did you just say buy it again? Buy it again and again. <laughs> and
1: look, and look, Kelly's in the background saying, "Stop asking for freebies."
0: A <laughs> woman said, "Please, oh. no more pro." Oh, that's another thing. How do we deal with giving away freebies all day? <sighs> what do we do? Cause I know you have done this. I've gotten yeah. angry about this with you too. You'll put yeah. up SoundCloud stuff, and I'm like, "Don't do it." Why? Yeah. Well, don't the, do the, it. I didn't even told you. But no well, 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 when you say,
1: "Well, okay," well, hold on, hold on. Let's 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 let's, let's talk about the one, please. But you saying put up SoundCloud stuff? Are you talking about the original yeah.
0: SoundCloud stuff
1: or like bootleg SoundCloud? Uh, yeah, stuff?
0: Yeah, the bootleg <laughs> stuff. Don't you do that? Don't give it away. Don't give it away. Don't do it.
1: Um, you know what, Lenny? Um, there have been, you know, like, like, say, you know, like the Shaka Khan thing. Man, I did the Shaka Khan um, "Live in Me" track, right? And 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 at a point, people were asking me for it so much that I just said, you know what, i, I I'll, I'll I'll just give it away. Now, I'm not one. I don't even come from that. I'm like you. I'm like give away what we work hard to do this kind of stuff. But, um, especially with something like that, man, I, I think that the consumers really do appreciate like when you do something like that, and it's just a DJ kind of giveaway thing. They love it. I mean, it's crazy. You know, look, you go on Bandcamp and you see it all the time. If, if, if uh, somebody does a Janet Jackson remix and put some beats under it and does a thing to it, it'll sell better than the person's original material. I don't know. Why is that? You see what I mean? So, I mean, I, I use, I, I only use SoundCloud in the free capacity. Like if I'm, if I've done something and people are like asking me, asking me, asking me, um, I, I'll I'll just go and just give it away, just because I know people want it, and and people really do the 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 reactions to people getting that you know that 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 free thing that I just did uh, you know or edit or whatever they they just like yay, but then it's like give me more, give me more, give me more, and I'm like no.
0: <laughs> I know you don't. Agree. Importantly, last last of the questions. We've come to the pandemic. We're living through this. We're roughing it out. We're all living, oh, we're living in our caves in a sense and just living day to day. Are you going to take the vaccination? And do you feel that we'll ever get back to any kind of normality again?
1: Okay, there you go. Compound
0: question. Really? Compound. <laughs> there ain't no <laughs> way to put it. All right, well, let's take it two parts. First question. Okay. Okay. Are you taking the pandemic? Uh, Are you taking the uh, vaccination? Yes. Okay.
1: Yes. Um, And the reason why, um, I have a special needs daughter, all right, Um, relatively nonverbal. And amongst the many things that could happen, um, what I don't want to do is to uh, mistakenly or in, in any kind of way, um, bring something home that she gets and she can't tell me what's wrong. Right. Um, that is the big reason why that right there, because I do believe, which is the second reason that traveling will come back for sure. We're going to be going back and doing this whole thing and festivals and stuff. I think it's going to be forever changed it won't be the same way. I mean, I think we're going to be in, in clubs and festivals with masks on and no, social get
0: away d- from me! Get away from me. Get back. Yeah, it's going, it, it's going to happen. First thing we all do is what do we do? We all hug each other. This is like,
1: yeah, man, it's but and, and, and it's and, and it's going to happen. But, you know, you looking at the love side of it. Let's look at the flip of that. Let's look at uh okay, I want to drink. I want to get drunk. Um and heck with want, it, I want to party. I just want I to party. I want to party, and I mean, shoot, an English party or a Japanese party. I mean, they they party. So and that partying requires being together. Requires that it and and that I don't think is is it can be taken away. It can't. Um, which is why I'm really praying that everybody is safe and careful you know I know it's a lot of underground parties and stuff going on and you know some states you know you can still go out and do this kind of stuff but you know the more we do it now the worse is going to be or the longer we're going to have issues I, I think and um, yeah so am I getting the vaccination yes do I want to get the vaccination no <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I think know, in order for me to say, hail to the no. No. But but dude, yeah, they're yeah. Asking, Yo, dude, they're already asking for the passport QC code in your phone. It's already in America. So it's going mm-hmm. to be getting the point that we're going to have to travel across that little pond, the ocean, to come on the other side to go and play those great gigs. How are we going to get in those countries if we're not vaccinated? You know? Yeah.
1: We're going to have to be. And, you know, like I said, I mean, I, and, and I have gone through a complete change with that. I think, um, you know, you asked me the same question in November. Yeah, <laughs> sir. No. <laughs> but, you know, thinking about it and thinking about it practically, I think, yeah, that it's going to be one of the safest ways to, to do it, you know. And, you know, <laughs> yeah, got to do it.
0: All right. On that yeah. note, you heard it from the man himself, DJ you The other man, a gospel preacher. He's <laughs> down from the Baptist church. He went to Catholic school. Catholic. Worked with some of the best. Hung with oh. for years. A talented brother. He's got more yeah. to tell us as time goes on. You know what the great music he's coming with? He's coming probably with another album. You know he's going to go with an album. He's probably yeah. got now already. He's probably got yeah. another album up his sleeve now. And hit a- his Tuesday <laughs> show, that show is the bomb. My friends told me, Did you see it? I said, Nope. They said, You need to see it. I said, Why? Yeah. They said, Because it's really interesting to watch them break mm-hmm. down a demo in front of everybody. I'm like, Really? So I went and watched it. I was like, yeah. Yo, this is, you want to call it real?
1: Yeah, and, and, and look, and look, I'm gonna put you on the spot here because you know, you would
0: be Kelly. Don't you think he would be a, a, a good, a, a, a good, yeah? No, you know, it. <laughs> <laughs> what Tuesday? What time on Tuesday? I gotta come on. Um, usually we do it from Tuesdays from hey, wait, 4th. My no, story, people, do you want me on there? Yeah, I, I'm most people are gonna want you on I there spend and ask, spend if you really want me on there. If you get that, thing, uh, come on, you know, th-
1: gonna be the answer. Is gonna be yes, yes, and more yes. So I'm putting you on the spot. So I'm, I, I plan on having you
0: I'll one, two. I'll do it. Hated it. Two snaps. Hated it. No, of course I'll do it. No, wait listen. All truth. All truth be told, I've done them at Ade, WMC. Yeah. I've had sat down, yeah. and I did actual when you get to the point where I put the headphones on. I had young producers, and some of these guys that I sat with in Canada, the Pioneer one. Bro, uh-huh. yeah. they Yeah. record after record now. They thank me every time. Yo, man, you don't know what you like, Chick. I was like, all I told them was just do this and do this and do this. And next thing you knew, their records are getting signed all over the place. Exactly.
1: And, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's, it's you know, uh, again, man, just, I am just so thankful that, you know, we have the platform that we have. I mean, Kelly is, is she really is. It's almost like, no, you know, my...
0: Bring Kelly up. Tell Kelly, come on, Kelly! Kelly. Come on, girl. He wants me. for our story, people want to know. He want to see ya. you. He want to see you, Kelly. Come on over. Are here. you presentable? Yeah. Are you sure you presentable? <laughs> <laughs> hey. <Hi. laughs> yes, we saw you. You and your lovely man going through all the stuff on Tuesdays. We're like so proud of you guys. I watched you dancing on the gospel shows. I was like, go, girl. (laughs) You don't think we don't see it? We're all home. We're like, Mr. and Mrs. Spen rocking it. We're in the party home. Yes. Yes.
1: Congratulations
0: to everything you guys are doing and much, much success to the Quantize label. And you know, I'm a big supporter and all the people that True House Stories and what makes us who we are, we all support everything you do. And we give we give you everything we can,
1: and likewise to you, man. I mean this this is this is really really thank you, dear, behind the music
0: and Uh, me type of things like behind the music. It's like oh
1: man, I but but no, seriously, you um what you're doing is an awesome awesome thing that's that's needed, you know, for these stories to be told because I I I think that you know in the grand scheme of things, everything is so fast, 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 fast now that people need to hear the work the actual work that we've put in to do this stuff man that we're able to do at the level that we're doing it I think that a lot of people and a lot of producers you know they come and they go you know new producers and it's like okay because it's like you either don't have somebody around who's done it Or you just don't understand that, you know, you're going to have ups, you're going to have downs, you know, and and the real true test of who you are as a producer or anything, the the real true test of who you are is your longevity as a father, as a mother, as a, as a, as as somebody that works in any industry, as, as anything, it is longevity is the true, true test of it, man. It's the true test. So, Kudos to you! My hats off to you. I pray that you do really, really well with this, and that you continue to just make people aware through your laughter and your 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 your, your deep My
0: thought. Canter. My canter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about your canter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait a minute! Wait a minute! Let me wait, 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 wait. The one good thing about what we enjoyed about your show was is that oh. actually understand now the nuts and bolts of what you're going through in the life mm. and dealing mm. with life's hurdles and the juggling process, because it's all a juggle and it is. what you don't let fall down is what keeps you up. That's yeah. the hardest part It's to juggle. We all say it is juggling a bit of this, a bit of that and making everything look like it's seamless. So cool. Yeah. You DJ and, and right
1: and and I'm not about how it, she's about how it looks. I'm just doing. You yeah, know what I mean going through the vote. Yeah, yeah the I'm vote just. Yeah, I'm just doing. But man, seriously, constantly, it's like a, blah, 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 blah. I mean, it's it's almost it's everything, man. You know, just just a, a piece. And and the other thing is, and I know you understand this, is that you know, no man is an island. No man is an island. I could not do this by myself. There's so many people, man, from Tommy Davis to Gary Hudgins to Mike Freak to Candace, Kelly. I mean, it's just so many people that help DJ Spin be who DJ Spin is. I'm not, you know, I don't even claim DJ Spin anymore. DJ Spin is a brand. Is is a is with with
0: multiple people. Can I tell you Spin? We don't even want to know about that, man. I want to hear you, I want to hear you take us out with a hip hop rhyme. Oh like, I don't they're have anymore. They're saying get him the rap. Oh. They're like, yo, yeah. he needs to finish out the rap. No. Like, take a out with a rap boy. Come on now. Oh man. <laughs> Come on. Bring us down anymore. Three hundred and eighty-three.
1: Dude, I don't even have. If I had my rhyme book in front of me, and I'm—it's uh, probably not that far, but uh, I'm not making Stop people find that rap book. I made my I record out. I made him go
0: run around dude, his house, go get. Dude, <laughs> no, I got nothing. Go. I got oh, Yeah, nothing. they're saying, "Please, God, please let him let him say a, uh, repeat the rap you did already for everybody." Go ahead. No, I don't want to repeat. Ah, <sighs> uh, come right. on.
1: So I did this, so I did I, I did this for Spinner for his birthday. Okay. Kind of that's good. Let me see if I can flip it. But uh, well, it's the D-E-J-A. Listen as I say a rhyme in the way, a professional supposed to lay a funky rhyme on the track for my man Lin-A, as he does his thing today on the True House
0: story. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, and that, my friends, is a wrap. DJ Spend, you I are need the some man, sleep. brother. No, I need some sleep. <laughs> remember, remember, everybody, subscribe to newsletter. Subscribe to newsletter. Subscribe to newsletter. And and.